Hallelujah. And we praise His holy and His precious name this morning. You know, uh, again, I'm Jonathan. I'm the pastor and the executive director of Teen Challenge of Jacksonville. Uh, we're tickled to be back here with you again at Rayford Road Church. This is one of our favorite churches. Amen. We got a, a group of guys. Some of them have been here before. Some of them hadn't. But the ones that hadn't been here, I told them, look, we're at a place where the love of God is. Can you say amen? amen. We just love to be here. But uh, for those of you, can I get a show of hands of those of you who have been here at one of our Teen Challenge services here at Rayford Road? Amen. A lot of you. But a bunch of you have not. So just very briefly, I want to share with you, he didn't steal my thunder. Uh, Pastor didn't steal my thunder. But in 1958, 56 years ago, God dealt with a small town rural pastor by the name of David Wilkerson. Caused him to imagine what it might be like, what his life and what his ministry might be like. If he took the time he'd been spending watching the television each night, if he would instead take that time, get into prayer, and get into study of God's Word. David Wilkerson did do that. And it was on one of those nights, after about 19 days of a new prayer life, that God did something miraculous. You see, he couldn't get any peace in his spirit. David couldn't get any peace in his spirit, so he's pacing around his study. And as he walked around his study, travailing and with a burden of prayer on him, he saw laying on his desk a Life magazine. And when he opened up this Life magazine, he saw a full-page spread in the middle of it, and it was a pen sketch drawing of seven New York City youth who were on trial for the gang murder of a young polio victim by the name of Michael Farmer. And he read of how each one of these young men had stabbed Michael Farmer once with their switchblade. And then they had taken off their belts and began to beat Michael over the head with their belt buckles. And as they walked away from Michael's lifeless body, all they could do was brag about how bad they had messed Michael up. And as they, he looked at their stone faces with no remorse, no compassion in their faces, tears began to well up in his eyes and stream down his face and... The Holy Spirit caused him to wonder what must be wrong in the lives of these young men to perpetrate such a heinous crime. And he was led to the revelation that it was a fundamental lack of a relationship with Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and so the Lord moved upon his heart to go to New York City and to reach out to these seven young men. But little did he know that the judge on this case had received multiple death threats from the gangs that these young men were a part of. So when he came into the courtroom and he approached the bench without permission, they ushered him out of the courtroom rather quickly. So he never reached those seven young men. But what happened was, through his outreach in New York City, the foundation of the First Teen Challenge Center on Clinton Avenue in Brooklyn, New York, in the year 1958. And I'm here to testify to you today that there are over 220 teen challenges now in the United States. There are over 1,100 in 106 countries all across this globe. Can you say amen? Amen, amen, amen. 
what began as a move of God in 1958 remains as a move of God today and, and we count it as our great obligation to stay on our face before the Lord and to keep His Spirit involved in the work that we do at Teen Challenge. And I tell you what, the Holy Spirit is real. God is real. And a transformed life. You know, you can argue theology with me all day. You can argue apologetics with me all day. And, and you know what? You can be an atheist all you want. You can dispute how your proof is better than my proof. And you can bring science to me all day. And you can bring this and you can bring that. But you know what? There's no disputing a life that's been irrevocably changed by the power of God. How are you going to explain that to me? How are you going to explain that eight years ago I was locked in a cell for 23 hours a day to the broken point to where I laid on the floor of that cell and begged God to take this thing off of me that I was struggling with? Thoughts of suicide every single day. Explain to me how that man that was in that cell could get out of that jailhouse, get arrested again, go on a slow speed chase with the police following. You ever seen those guys on TV, Pastor, where they're going on a slow speed chase? They know they can't get away from the law, but they're just driving anyway. That was me. That was me. Possession of crack cocaine in a school zone. And a dog attack later, a canine attack later, I'm sitting back in a jail cell again. But in the back of that police car, God did something amazing. You see, I was raised with some of the right values, you know. But the first memory that I ever had was of my dad physically abusing my mom. And the only thing I remember, you guys remember those vacuum cleaners that used to have the metal pipes that you'd pop them together? And they weighed about 14 pounds and you tried to drag them around the carpet. You know, I went and grabbed one of those and I was going to try to get my dad off of my mom. That was the first memory that I can remember. But you know what happened? My mom divorced him, remarried a good man who introduced me to the Lord. So I wound up at a church camp in Panama City Beach, Florida at the age of 13 where I met the Holy Spirit. Where I met the Lord Jesus Christ. Where I had been dealt with by His Spirit. But you know what? I got away from God. But how many know when you've met God, when you've heard the voice of the Holy Spirit, that He's always familiar to you? Backslid for 19 years. And as I was in the back of that police car, that old familiar voice began to speak to me in my desperation. In my deepest pit. And he caused me to cry out. And I said to that police officer, you know, when you reach out for help, you reach out to whoever's closest, don't you? Closest thing to me right then, I thought, was that police officer. So I asked him, I said, first thing I said is, can I get some AC back here? It's a little bit hot. I'm sweating high on crack cocaine in a 95 degree Tennessee summer. It's a little hot back here. Can I get some AC? Shut up. Yes, sir. And so as I began to speak to him, I said, you know what, man, I I can't do this anymore. I said, uh, is there anything that you know of that I can do to get out of this hole that I'm in? Is there any way that you know of that I can get help from this thing that's devouring my life? And this is what the police officer said to me. 
You've got to understand he sees one side of stuff. All he sees is people getting rearrested, 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 and rearrested. He's not used to seeing the other side of things. And he said, just to be honest with you, son, he said, I've never seen anybody come out of what you're trapped in. But I did know enough about Jesus that the Spirit of God rose up inside of me, began to act upon me, and supernaturally empower me to a revelation I couldn't even understand. And I said, wait a minute. I said, wait a minute. You must not know Jesus because I believe that he can help me out of this. Still to this day, I will tell you right now, that was the prayer that God heard. That was the prayer that God answered. Eight years I've been serving God. Changed, radically transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God is good. God is good. And you know what? He is no respecter of persons. Every day I get the privilege to have young men come into our program under similar struggles, similar backgrounds. They're all different, but there's one thing that's the same as they needed God. I got one of those men here today that needed God. God reached out to him and changed his life. And I want you to welcome him today. Come on up, Anthony. Amen. Welcome Anthony today. Five, number five. Hello. 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 All right. Uh, my name's Anthony. I grew up in Orange County, California. I was raised by a single mother and had a 10-year-old, younger-than-me sister. A very loving family that went to church and prayed together, ate together. Um, at 14, year old, 14 years old, I started drinking. Uh, after that, I got into gangs. By 16, I was drinking every day. 20 years old, I checked into my first detox program. I knew that it was a problem at that time. I have uh, ruined every single relationship, job, and um, put my children's on the back, my children on the back burner because of drinking. I don't remember a lot of the past 23 years. Um, I've been successful at every job I've ever had, never been able to keep it for more than a year. May of 2012, I found out that my mom had cancer and uh, that it was uncurable. And that's when my world really started to fall apart. Although I was already drinking every day, I was a blackout drinker and... Uh, uh, I, I was just devastated by the news. Uh, I love my mother very much, and uh, it was just hard to take. My drinking continually got worse 
throughout the year as her health started to change, she started to decline and uh, things started to go uh, bad at work. I started missing out on work and uh, ended up not showing up one day for, uh, I was scheduled to be there on a Monday. I didn't show up till Wednesday. I had been drinking for four days straight. I lost my job and uh, tried to get a hold of Teen Challenge. I knew that I, that I had no way of stopping on my own. I was tired of it. I was tired of my life. Um, I was scheduled to come into Teen Challenge sometime in December. And uh, on December 10th, after getting in an argument with my mother about my drinking, I attempted to take my life. I was tired of the drinking in my life. I was tired of losing my mom. I just couldn't deal with it anymore. I was hopeless. And uh, the police got to me. They took me to a hospital. And uh, I went to detox. I came out of detox and went straight to Teen Challenge. On December 27th of that of 2013, I gave my life to God. <laughs> Nothing miraculous happened right there at that moment. Um, but I just put one foot in front of the other and started doing what Teen Challenge told me to do. Read my Bible, prayed every day. Um, Praise and worship Jesus. My mom's health started to decline even worse. Um, instead of she was able to visit in the beginning, phone calls, writing, that started to go away. She wasn't able to get on the phone. She wasn't able to write me anymore, and it was uh, really hard to deal with. I told God that I wanted to complete what I was doing here at Teen Challenge. I knew that this is where I needed to be. I told him that if, if this was going to happen to me, that if I was going to lose my mom, that I needed him to be with me. He was faithful to me. He stayed with me. I lost my mom on the 18th of last month. You can never plan for a loss, the loss of your parent your mother. Um, I'm standing here today telling you that Jesus has come in my life and given me strength and hope. He is my strong tower. Uh, I have a peace in my heart. I know where my mom is at. Um, I have moments of sadness, but I'm not in desperation. I have hope. I have a future. I've enrolled in Teen Challenges Emerging Leader Program. Um, that's added a little more time to my program here and also given me a chance to uh, possibly work with the ministry uh, in some other capacity. I, uh, I thank the Lord every day for bringing me to Teen Challenge. I thank Teen Challenge for the guidance. I thank Him for the strength and the peace. And... Uh, Man, I, I love God. And that's all I got. Thank you.
Amen. Got your Bibles, open them up just real quick. If you're a teen challenge student, you better have your Bibles. Amen. Open it up to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Second Corinthians chapter three verses we'll start at uh, verse two. When you have it, say amen. 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 You know what? Look up at me for a minute. Some of the language in Paul's letters is just besides being so powerful spiritually and, and so full of truth and full of life, some of it's just beautiful. Just some of the most beautiful words that are recorded in all of the Bible I find in some of Paul's letters. And this, this passage here is no different. And I want you to be spoken to by the Holy Spirit this morning when we read this together. And Now, I've got the New International Version, but don't throw tomatoes at me. Uh, so if you can't follow along in what you got, just listen. You yourselves, verse 2 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, you yourselves are our letter. Written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ. The result of our ministry. Written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Amen. What Anthony spoke to you this morning. I want you to understand that these men this morning are God's love letter to each and every one of us. The testimonies of his power and his strength to deliver, to set free, and to redeem through the lives of people. How many know we're supposed to walk that out every single day that your life is to be an open book for the Lord Jesus Christ? That if someone was to look at the way that you live your life, they are supposed to be reading a love letter straight from God. These guys right here behind me are some more of God's love letters to each of us this morning. I want you to be ministered to by that. This morning. Amen. What is reality? Reality is trying to add variety to your life by experimenting with drugs and alcohol. It's using a needle at 16. As soon as you find out, it will get you higher. Reality is waking up every morning deciding who you can rob, cheat, or steal from in order to avoid being dope sick. It's introducing your girlfriend to intravenous drug use. Reality is constantly looking over your shoulders because you stole from your drug dealer. How do I know that's reality? Because that was me. Reality is growing up privileged to see God's love, but turning your back on him. It's moving from one social group to the next, looking for acceptance by using drugs and alcohol. It's going from job to job and house to house because partying is your only priority. Reality is choosing your high over your family. It's contemplating suicide because you see no escape from your addiction. How do I know that's reality? 
because that was me. Reality is turning to drugs and alcohol at 16 just to numb the pain. It's having a mom who's dying of COPD and lung cancer and in pain because you took her meds just to get high. Reality is getting into a fist fight with your 19-year-old son because he hid your pills. It's almost killing your mentally handicapped daughter because you get so high you forget to give her a seizure medication. Reality is being Baker active for 15 days in the mental ward of a hospital because all you can think about is taking your own life. How do I know that's reality? Because that was me. Though we all have different realities, we've all been changed by the same truth. Truth is, truth is I've found significance in my relationship with Christ. Truth is I've been freed from an addiction that's lasted almost half of my life. Truth is through Teen Challenge I found joy in helping those around me. Truth is leading new and old friends to a life with Christ. Truth is, I'm staying on with Teen Challenge to pursue a career in the ministry. Truth is, my second day in Teen Challenge, I rededicated my life to Christ, and I'm never going back to my old life. Truth is, God's presence is better than any high. Truth is, I reside in my father's house, and he takes care of all my needs. Truth is, God has restored relationship with my family, and we are all following the Lord. Truth is, doors have opened for me to join the ministry after Teen Challenge, and I can't wait to see what he has in store for me. Truth is, two weeks into Teen Challenge, I gave my life over to God, and he's given me hope in the future. Truth is, I've been set free from a 30-year addiction to drugs and alcohol. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us anyone who is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. Truth is, I no longer have suicidal thoughts, but I've been born again. Truth is, I am a son of the most high God, right. and I've been bought and paid for by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the, and the truth, truth shall, shall set you free. free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got another, another man coming up for a testimony. And I told him I was going to put him on Front Street. Told him I was going to put his business out there a little bit because I know him good enough that I can do that. And I asked his permission first. This, uh, this next young man, uh, I've known him for right at eight years. You see, when we were originally, when I was a student in Teen Challenge, this next young man was also a student in Teen Challenge. And you say, well, if he was a Teen Challenge student then, why is he a, a Teen Challenge student now? How many, how many have sinned since you came to the Lord? Can you raise your hand with me? Did you, after you got born again, have, have you sinned since then? I know I have. 
Do you believe that God knew you was going to? I think he did. You see, it's a good thing that he didn't ask us to get it all together before we came to him. He said, just come on. You got to catch a fish before you can clean it. And, you know, even though we have trials, we have struggles in our life, I serve a God. I don't know about the God you serve, but I serve a God. We serve a God who not only is he able to deliver you, he's able to keep you. Pastor said something this morning that just resonated in my spirit. I know it did. It's that there's nowhere that you can go that you can hide from God. You can't run far enough to run away from God. You can't ever. And you know Corey Ten Boom. Mighty woman of God who used to hide Jews during the Nazi occupation. Said something so amazing. She said there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. (laughs) Isn't that good? Isn't that good for us to know as believers? That there's nowhere that we can go that God can't reach us. Andre understands that. You know, this scripture just fits to me. It fits Andre's situation so plainly. See, because Andre messed up after he left Teen Challenge. But you know, Psalm 37 and 23 says, The Lord makes firm the steps of one who delights in him. Though he may stumble... He will not fall. Come on, somebody. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. Come on, Andre. Come on, brother. Just keep talking. We need to get this on. Hello? Okay, here we go. All right, I'll start over. I was born in Germany. I moved here when I was about six years old. My mom married American, and we moved over here. And like I said, I'm still a German citizen. I've been here for over 20 years. I had a good childhood. My family didn't drink or use any drugs. My father was an alcoholic, but he lived in Germany. I would visit him every summer. So I had um, a pretty good foundation. I was raised in the Catholic Church as a child. My grandmother was a Catholic. Well, she's still alive, but she used to tell me about the Lord as a child. So I, I knew the concept of the Lord. I just wasn't, I didn't know that Christ was my Lord and Savior. Well, I started experimenting with drugs in high school. Just It was just a party drug at first. So, you know, I wasn't controlling my life at first. When I was probably about 27 years old, pretty much I started experimenting with cocaine, and, and it started controlling my life where I pretty much couldn't keep a job, and it caused me where I lost everything. I was homeless on the streets, and then I came through Teen Challenge Pensacola in 2007. I graduated from there. I did an internship. I was a, a staff. <clears throat> I stayed there, and I knew God had a call in my life, and... I was going to pursue the ministry, but money and greed got to me where I was like, okay, I got bills to pay. Plus, my son 
was one years old at the time, and he was in Tennessee. So I decided to leave Teen Challenge, and I started drifting away from God's calling in my life. And I got my CDL, and I drove a truck for four years. And at the time, I was I had issues with my son's mother. Like, she wouldn't let me see my son every time I come home. She'd do everything she could to keep me from him. So that kind of got me in a depression, and I started experimenting with crystal meth. And that pretty much, like, every time I come home for visitation and she wouldn't let me see my son, I just used that as an escape goat. And I started, I just got high all weekend. And pretty much it caused me where, you know, it, that took control over my life. And pretty much crystal meth, meth is probably one of the worst drugs to do. It pretty much caused me where I just, my mind, it just took over my mind. And I pretty much, last year, about this time in the summer, I almost died because I was dehydrated. I was running from the cops. I was in the woods and pretty much, you know, almost died and lost my life. So I decided to rededicate my life. And I decided to come to Jacksonville. Because Pastor Jonathan, I know it's a good ministry. I know that there's a good support group. We have a good group of guys. You know, you have to have accountability. And you have to have structure in your life. Because it don't matter. You can be in Teen Challenge all year. And you can follow all the rules. You can... You can, it's safe there. There's no drugs there. There's, but when you leave, that's the number one thing. You've got to have a support group. You don't, either you pursue yourself in the ministry, stay in the ministry, but when you leave, you need to have a good support group. That's the number one thing. That's like with AA, you have, they have, they have their uh, sponsor, you know, but we have Christ. So we have our Christ, and we have our, our brothers here. So I also enrolled in the emergency leaders I enrolled in the emergency leaders program. I'm not as nervous as I was before. But there's a lot more people here than last time, though. <laughs> but uh, now I enrolled in the emergency leaders program. I'm going to pursue in the ministry. I don't know what God's got me doing, but I'm just starting from, from, from the bottom. But God's bringing me back up. Thank you. Amen. Next, next time, Andre, you can just speak German. It'll flow better. <laughs> Praise the name of the living God. Hallelujah. Thank you for that, Andre. Such a blessing. Man, you, you know, you look at some of these guys. They clean up so good. You look at them and you say, him? That's what God does, man. When he makes a transformation work, he makes a transformation work. Praise God, we're going to bring our plane home to a land, but first I want, to, I want to do just one more, couple more quick things. Jeremiah 17, 14 says this, Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. You are the one I praise. Can you let that sit there in your spirit? While Brother Lyle comes and ministers to you. Brother Lyle, come on up. Brother Lyle came into the program, what, a little over two years ago? Two and a half years ago. And we can't get, can't get him to leave. He just won't leave. We've tried three or four times. He just won't go anywhere. But Lyle is now on staff with us. Lyle serves as our admissions coordinator and also helps us with outreach as well. But he, God has given him a miraculous gift. You're, it's going to blow your mind. And at the same time, he's giving him a miraculous testimony. So Lyle's taking that gift and that testimony. It's not a testimony. 
That's a testimony. And he's put those together in something that's going to bless you. I want you to get right out here. divorced and my mom remarried when I was six years old to a Christian man and we started you know going to church praying before meals doing all the things that normal Christian families do but I went to my dad's every weekend and he you know smoked and drank and cussed like a sailor but we prayed before meals too so when I came to Christianity I was pretty mixed up all right you guys got it all right, all right, that's cool, all right, so, um, so, you know, I didn't really know what to think, um, but by the time I was 12, um, my stepdad started drinking, and when he drank, he got angry, so I never wanted to be at home, I was probably about 12 or 13, and that didn't leave a good taste in my mouth about Christianity, so I really didn't want anything to do with it, anytime I could be out of the house, I would, um, so high school came around, and I just poured myself into athletics and academics. I was a really good student. I graduated with a Bright Future scholarship. I was a pretty decent athlete, too. But after basketball season of my senior year of high school, I really had nothing to look forward to. So that's when I tried weed for the first time. All right, that's green. All right. So um, I fell in love with it. It took away um, all the resentment that I had towards um, my mom and my stepdad because even though he drank and got angry, my mom would always defend him. Um, she always came to his rescue, not mine. So I built up a lot of bitterness toward them, a lot of anger. Um, and, I, and she, you know, she was a Christian too. She was a good Christian. She was a great example. But you could have 100 great examples of what a Christian looks like in one bad, and that's your excuse. And that was my excuse, so I didn't want anything to do with it. So I graduated high school, started going to college, got a job. But I dropped out because I wanted to smoke weed and get high. And um, I already had a decent job, and that's what you go to college for. So I was like, hey, why don't I need college? I can just work and party, and everything will be cool. So I did that, and that went on for about six months to a year. Um, but soon, um, the weed wasn't good enough anymore. It didn't have the same numbing effect as it had when I was younger. So I started experimenting. I pretty much tried anything I could get my hands on, pills, uh, cocaine, ecstasy. It didn't matter. If it would get me high, I would do it. So that happened over the next, you know, three or four years. And by the time I was 21, I developed addiction to crack cocaine, along with the pills, along with the drinking, along with the weed. And as my drug addiction progressed, my self-esteem went down the tube. Um, I could no longer hold down the job I didn't have anything I could call my own anymore except my addiction, and that's what gave me comfort, but that was destroying me, and that's where the deception comes in, is you think, like, everything's cool, but it's slowly eating away at you. So um, 
my mom had tried to get me to, to come to a program. You know, she's involved with ministry, so she knows about Teen Challengers. I was like, yo, I'm not doing a year in Teen Challenge. That's way too long. Plus, I really don't want anything to do with Jesus. I just want to stop smoking crack. So maybe a 30, 60, 90-day program. But those are expensive, and my mom's broke, so that wasn't happening. Um, so one night, I'm at my apartment, and I just ran out of dope. And, you know, Pastor Jonathan said, you know, once you hear the Holy Spirit speak to you, um, you never forget what he sounds like. And I was raised in church. I, you know, went to church from the time I was six till the time I was 16. Um, and I just ran out of dope, and, I, gosh, I was so miserable. I was so broken. I was so hopeless. Um, I had just come to the end of myself. I didn't know what to do, but I needed help. And I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. He said, son, if you don't change something now, things are only going to get worse. And I couldn't imagine how things could get worse. I was, I was in the pig pen. I had burned all my bridges. I didn't want to be around my family. I was 25 pounds skinnier, so I looked pretty sick, face all sunken. I mean, I was, I was a hot mess. Um, but man, the Holy Spirit was the one that was closest to me in that time. All right, I'm not going to cry. All right. So I called my mom. I'm like, listen, I need help. I'll do whatever. She's like, okay, well, where do you want to go? And I was like, Teen Challenge. And she's like, whoa, praise the Lord. I was like, what? She's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so she's like, I'm like, but I need to go now. Because if I don't know, go now, I'm going to change my mind. So a week later, I was in Jacksonville. And um, we do chapel service every Monday night. So I'd only been there for like four or five days. Um, when I got to Teen Challenge, my plan was to like be there for a couple months, get healthy again, stop doing the crack and the pills, and then go home, keep smoking uh, some weed, keep chasing girls. Again, I didn't want anything to do with Jesus. I just wanted to stop smoking crack because I thought that was my problem. Um, but it's not. It was the sin. So um, we were doing praise and worship. And the song that we were playing said, I called and you answered and you came to my rescue. Mm. That'll preach. How much longer we got? Uh, yeah, okay. So, um, so man, that's what happened. That's what happened to me. And I just broke down like I'm doing up here. <laughs> um, I started crying. And everything changed. <clears throat> I, uh, me and Jesus did a trade. I gave him all my garbage. I gave him the bitterness, the hate, the anger, the pride. Most of it. I still got a little. <laughs> um, and, and he gave me back everything that's in the word. I would hold up a Bible, but it's just pastor's iPad right there. Um, everything that's, those promises, man, they're real to me. And they can be real to you if you believe it. And um, so I was like, all right, Jesus, you win. Uh, I'll, I'll do this whole thing. 
So about six months into the program, I, I joined oh, the Emerging Leaders Program, just like you know, pretty much everybody else that got up here has talked about. And it, it really grooms you to, to lead um, no matter where you are, but it's specifically geared toward Teen Challenge and how to, how to help guys that come from the same place that I came from. I was a stinking ex, I was a junkie. And I mean, no two ways about it. And um, since coming to Teen Challenge, like, I, I, know, I know what it means to be a real Christian. I know what it looks like. Um, I know what it smells like. The Bible says we're supposed to be the salt of the world. We're supposed to make people thirsty for Jesus. And that's what I saw when, when I came to Teen Challenge. And it, and it made me want that. So, like I said, you know, it's, it's just been um, pretty much a miracle. I'm surrounded by miracles all day long. And God's, you know, still purging me, still, still doing things in my life. But, you know, he's, he's slowly putting me back together, just like he intended me to be in the beginning. Come on. Come on now. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Phil, let me have that stuff. Man, praise God. So I gave you Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 14, but I also have it in the message version, and I saved it for just this time right now. God, pick up the pieces and put me back together again. You are my praise. Boy, God is good. God is good. And you know what he's, what he's done in the lives of these men? Again, he's no respecter of persons. As a matter of fact, we've got a man with us today who the only reason he's in Teen Challenge is because we came here and did a service. And his sister happened to see us that morning and said, I've got to get my brother into that program. He's also on staff with us now. His name's Mike Spivey. If any of you know him, walk up and hug his neck, shake his hand, tell him you're proud of him. So, you know, I don't know if you're that person this, this morning who uh, needs something like Teen Challenge, but all of us know someone who could benefit from the type of help that we offer. I've got a couple of quick things to tell you how you can further partner with us. When I got here to Jacksonville Teen Challenge, I had to freak out when it was time to buy a $500 trailer. And I looked at our light bill coming in about four grand every month. And when I'd see my financials, they'd be bleeding to death. They'd read all over the page, Pastor. Struggling hard. It's a new day today. Through the Holy Spirit and His empowerment, God has brought us to a place that I can't even describe to you now. And I'm, I'm just so thrilled to report to you that I just cut a $14,000 check and a $10,000 check for the security deposit in the first month's rent on the first North Florida Teen Challenge thrift store. Can somebody give God some praise? <laughs> We've signed a five-year lease on 13,000 square foot of property on Blanding Boulevard with 69,000 traffic count per day coming by our store. And we're going to put a thrift store right there for the kingdom of God. And the proceeds are going to go to benefit the ministry of Teen Challenge. Can you say amen? We need your help with that. If you have some donations of clothing, especially women's clothing, gently used items, electronics, furniture, things of that nature... 
please come see us. If that, if that gets your mind to go in, please come see us after the service. We'll talk to you about how you can get your donations to us. And we'll turn around and utilize every bit of it faithfully for the kingdom of God. Secondly, our annual banquet is coming up on Monday night, November the 3rd at 7 o'clock. Again, it will be held at the Hyatt Regency Riverfront there in Jacksonville. If you want to be there, come get with this man or this man. And they'll take care of you. They'll make sure that... That you get there. Amen. We'd love to have you out. Come support the ministry of Teen Challenge. And last but certainly not least. There's the Teen Challenge sponsor student program. That most of you are familiar with. Where for one dollar a day. About a trip to Chili's with your wife per month. Amen. Don't get mad at me wives. Because you give up your Chili's night. But uh, if you want to sponsor the ministry of Teen Challenge. Sponsor one of these students. You'll get a quarterly update. You'll get an invitation to their graduation. Amen. And uh, if you want to do that, we want to present you with a special gift today of one of these crosses that's manufactured at a sister location of Teen Challenge as a, as a, a gift to you to acknowledge your commitment to Teen Challenge and to acknowledge our commitment to you to provide the quality of ministry that we promise to provide. And with that, I want to ask Pastor to come up with me, and we're going to give an invitation. Can everybody just stand with us uh, right now? You know, I, I don't know if anything that you've seen this morning has touched you or impacted you in some way. What I do know is that even though our stories are different, we all have the same issue. And that is we desperately need the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when, when he came to me, you know, Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 says that God commended his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While, while you're yet in your mess, while you're yet shaking your fist at God in rebellion, He didn't wait on you to calm down. He didn't wait on you to come around. He provided a spotless lamb, a spotless sacrifice in the Lord Jesus Christ for each of us. You see, the wages of sin is death, but the Bible says the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And, and beloved, can I have every head bowed today? It's a free gift. Salvation is a free gift. You see, we're each, we're spiritually bankrupt. We're broke. We owe a sin debt because the Bible says that it earned us a death sentence. We owe a debt that we cannot afford to pay. Aren't you glad this morning that that debt has been fully satisfied through the shed blood and the mercy of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary today for you and for me? Beloved, if you cannot say where you would spend eternity if you died today. If you cannot say for certainty where you would spend eternity. I urge you to make a decision for the Lord this morning.
If you're that person who you say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm like you, Pastor, you know, I, I love the Lord. I've heard His voice. I've had His dealings in my life. But you know, I've gotten away from Him. And I need Him. And you want to rededicate your life to the Lord Jesus this morning. This altar call is for you too. So for those two things. If you know that you need a Savior. If you know you're a sinner and you need saved. Don't worry about what the person next to you is thinking. Christians are praying for you right now. All throughout this sanctuary. Won't you come? Won't you come? And if you're that person that just needs to rededicate everything to Jesus, you can come too. Hallelujah. Amen. As our team begins to, to sing and lead, I just ask, as the Holy Spirit speaking to your life, maybe he's calling you unto salvation. I invite you to come. Make a stand. And maybe you need someone to talk with you and pray with you. We'll meet you here at the altar. Well, we've heard testimony of young men who said, you know, I grew up, I've made a decision, but I got away from the Lord. You may need to come today and just, just kneel, kneel down and say, God, I'm back. I'm back. I invite you to come, my friend. And you know, one thing is, as our, these young men are here, one thing we recognize at Brayford Road Church, every single one of us, have hang-ups and habits. Folks, we all have we all have messes in our lives. And, and the deception is, 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 is to pretend that we don't. No matter what your issue is, no matter what your pain is, you may need to come today and just lay it out in the altar. Don't let it eat you up. Anymore. I invite you to come. Come to Jesus. If it's the altar, you need someone to pray for you. If it's um, you need salvation, I invite you to come. It's just rededicated. I'll meet you at the altar. It's our teams. Would you come as we sing? Come to Jesus. The altar's open.
They can't, they can't argue when a, a, a life has been dead and been made alive again. Man. Cindy, God gave you your brother back then. God gave you his life back then. That's just what he did. He's a mighty God. He's powerful to say. When I ask him to sing, Lord, maybe right now your heart, you, you feel like something's about to beat out of your chest. Folks, that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaking to you right now. Don't fight any longer. Just come to Jesus. Come to Jesus is our, is our group of sins. God's so good. God's so good. There's freedom in this place. His name is Jesus. Jesus.
mighty God. And we just thank God for, for what he's up to, for what he's doing. We thank God for allowing us to partner with this ministry. And um, to challenge, um, see, they can reach out and go where, where sometimes we can't go. And um, the heart of what, the very heart of, of Rayford Road Church. And, um, and, and, and folks, you need to pray for this ministry. It's tough ministry. It's tough. Boy, when someone walks in and they're just lives broken up, and there's there's they there's there's so much anger, there's so much bitterness, there's just lives that's been crushed. And and you know what? Um, there's a lot of people that just trip and fall. Well, we heard a great testimony of that tonight. But see, we serve a God who who never gets finished with us. He never gets finished with us. And um, that prodigal son, when he was in the pig pen, that didn't change him from being the father's son. The father had to let him waller for a little bit. But the father was there with, with open arms. Had a, had a fat sheep he needed to kill and put the robe back on his back. Folks, you can't run so far, God can't find you. And you can't outrun him. And so I, I just feel today, if the Holy Spirit's still speaking to you, and minute we're, we're going to close out. But um, I make myself available. Brother Eddie makes himself available. Pastor Nathaniel makes himself available. Any, any, any of our deacons, if, if you need to come talk to Pastor Jonathan and some of them. Matter of fact, our, our church will be feeding them right after the service. But maybe something's... Maybe something's connected, and maybe God brought one of these young men here for you that you need to talk to that person because maybe there is a connection. And this might be about you. And um, I'm sure they would love to tell their story to you. Boy, I, I enjoyed so much last year sitting down and talking to Lester over the dinner table and lunch table and letting me hear Lester's story. And, you know, every time I call and Lester answers the phone at Teen Challenge, I, I know a brother there. I, I know a story there. And, and it means a lot to me. And so, um, or you need to be a sponsor. They'll have a table back there. Wow. You know, one of Sumi's had an opportunity to sponsor. One brother just dropped out of the program, broke our heart. Another's graduated, but there's another now. And it's just, it's a process. Um, but um, God can use you to touch life because, let me just ask you, let's make this clear. Pastor Jonathan, how much does it cost a young man when he shows up at your doorsteps? You don't turn them away, do you? You see, it's through your scholarships. You know, it, it costs a thousand dollars, but they don't turn them away, friends. And that, you know, I. <laughs> It's you that, 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 that provide those scholarships. So you, God can use you to change your life. You need to talk to somebody at the table today. Man, we serve a great God. Amen. Woo! What a good day. What a good day. Wow. Cindy, did you have something to say? You look like you did. Come on. I just wanted to give my personal testimony just to say, you know, a couple of things that were said earlier 
behold, the old creature's gone. There's a new creature. My brother has no resemblance of the old creature. He doesn't even look like the same person. He's not the same person. Thank you, Team Challenge. So, every one of us here touched by addiction. Every one of us knows somebody. The day that I heard Team Challenge, I could have walked out and said, you know what, I'm going to tell my mom about that program. But I didn't. And I encourage each of you, don't tell somebody else. If you know somebody who's been touched by this, you take the initiative to go talk to somebody at Team Challenge. What would it take to get your loved one transformed to have them become a new creature in Christ? So don't walk out the door today and think that's a great program. Do something about it and support them. You know, we've heard they don't turn anybody away. They're the only program that I know. I was brought up in addiction. My dad was in and out of 30-day programs, and it was all about what would insurance pay or what could we afford. Most people, when you reach the bottom, you have no insurance. You have no job. You have no money. Teen Challenge is the only program that will take those people in. So I encourage you, please support this program. It is a worthwhile program. It is a wonderful program and making a change in all these young lives. Amen. we thank God for the work that he's done. I thank God for the kingdom. And um, you know, it's just amazing, uh, you know, back in the 1950s, a young man, David Wilkerson, never thought that God could use him to, to, to change a whole generation. Just through a vision, just through faithfulness. I just, uh, you know, I have to say this before we leave. You could be another David Wilkerson out there. I mean, God may place something on your heart. Don't let that vision die. Don't let that vision die within you because you don't know what God may be using you to rise up some type of ministry. We serve a great God, dear friend. We want to say thank you for, for coming. I want to thank everyone that come and brought some, some things, some, some foodstuffs to help um, feed these young men today. Thank you for that. Church, thank you for, for ministering to and supporting and being part of this ministry. Pray for them to the greatest gift you can give. But, um, but also, they will accept your money too. And um, but again, it's so good to be in the house. Lord, I invite you to be back with us tonight at 6.30. And, um, and don't forget, don't forget, don't forget that um, today at, at 3 o'clock prayer meeting at Westside, I also believe that there's an announcement about the, the, the choir. I, I've forgotten that today. And, and um, Tom, why don't you share with us? We're going to just take this quick opportunity to tell the choir we've been on summer break, but it's time to wake up and stir up that gift again. So we're going to get back started. It's going to be a joint effort. Um, when are we going to start that choir practice, sister? You know? Are we meeting next Sunday? Or, um, yeah, we'll meet next Sunday. God for for um, your patience, thank you, Lord, for your opportunity here today as we close. Um, but John Graham, I want to ask you to come up here and just close us in a word of prayer.
I thank God for John and Anita. I love to hear their testimony. And uh, can't hear it enough. They inspire me. And so um, he's going to close us in a word of prayer. Thank God for each of you. And if you need to talk to any of us, we make yourself available, John. Father, it's truly been a blessing to be in your house today, God. And your presence has been here. There's no denying that, Lord. And as we've heard these testimonies this morning, Lord, it just stirred so much in my own heart. And I just thank you for where you brought me, God, and what you've done in my life and where you've placed us today, Lord. We pray that you go with us today, guide and direct us, Lord, and keep us in the center of your will always, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.